Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, along with my co-hosts, Ann Sari and Conchetta Antonelli. We share our own personal experiences, tips, and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. Well, hello and welcome back, Heart-Centered Soul. You are listening to the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, and I'm very excited to have a special guest with me today, Amanda Stroney. And we're going to have an inspiring heart-based conversation. Amanda coaches corporate professionals, yoga professionals, and small business owners to grow financially, personally, and in their business and career while staying rooted in their unique gifts. She's a dedicated teacher of the rules of money and provides clients with a clear and concise financial roadmap to monetize their skills. As an ERYT 200-hour experienced registered yoga teacher and a certified transformational coach, Amanda uses principle-based coaching and yogic principles to establish financial balance and achieve clients' financial goals. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Carol. I'm excited to be here with you today for this conversation. My first question is, how is your heart today? I love that question because I feel like I always check in, you know, from that question uh, with myself to see how my heart is. And today it's a little tender, a little tender. There's a lot of energy going on, a lot of moving pieces as we approach the holiday season and things of that nature. So I notice myself more in that place of tenderness, I would say. I love that you are so in tune with things that are going on in your life and the energy that inspires you. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so excited just to get into your journey. And we all know that no one's journey is the same. Obviously, there's some similarities and things that each of us experience in our lives because we're human beings, but I would love for you to share some of the challenges and the struggles and even defining moments and ahas in your life, your own personal journey that has really gotten you to where you are today. I'd love for you to just dive in and then we'll talk a little bit more about the work that you're doing today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for just bringing up the question. And I do agree with you, you know, all our journeys are so different and there's so many different elements. And I think often it's so interesting to think about how you do tell your story, how you do highlight certain points. And that has always been something as I've learned more about myself to think about the ways in which I have framed different situations and how they maybe have become belief systems for me based on the way I've reframed them or retold the story over and over again. So I think that's just an interesting point as you think about telling your story and think about 
the ways in which you've dramatized situations or fantasized situations or let yourself be a victim in certain situations. And I know I speak for myself. I've done all of those things and the ways that I've told my story to other people or highlighted certain things that were challenging to me. So I just point that out as like an awareness piece because I've known for myself that it's something that that has come up in my course of better understanding myself on this path of self-realization ultimately. I started in education is where really my journey began. I've always wanted to be a teacher since I was little in some form or fashion. And just pursuing that in the form of teaching in the high school environment for some time before I transitioned into corporate America and worked in the financial and insurance side of the house for a while. And so I think some of the challenges I faced early on were that, you know, I was part of a family. My mother was in the business space before women were in the business space. My mom was sort of a pioneer in the sales industry and was one of the only females doing sales when she did for a bigger corporation. Knowing that now and knowing her story has a lot of effect on the ways in which I was raised and the path I chose to pursue in relation to to really wanting to, to excel in the business space and the corporate space and wanting to work really hard and get into bigger positions and noticing that some of the challenges would arise in the sense that it just never felt like the right fit for me. So I was in a battle when you talk about with my heart, you know, with a battle with like how my heart was actually feeling about the work I was doing and what I was actually doing was not resonating for me. So that I think was definitely a big factor in my path, wanting to sort of please my family in a way, wanting to follow the path that was the normal path and that, you know, should work, right? I should be able to just move my way ahead in corporate America, you know, and and get married and have the kids and the house and all the things and I would be happy, but it didn't seem to work that way for me. And so, you know, the, the career just never felt like a good fit. And then I found myself in a relationship that just wasn't working. And even though I had moved it along to the point of, you know, taking that next step towards marriage, realizing in my heart that it was not going to work and having to sort of back myself out of that situation was another point in my life that was really challenging and caused me to be with myself and to evaluate who I really was and what I wanted, which is extremely hard in the face of adversity and what I was experiencing. So those were, I think, two of the major things. If I think about my corporate career, my relationship, and then moving into the entrepreneurial space and the work that I'm doing now, that has has its challenges of its own because I've had to figure it out for myself. And I don't think I really necessarily knew exactly where it was going. And I don't know that I still have exact clear vision but just working in the space of, of trusting myself is the practice that I've, I've really tried to engage in over and over again, because I think that's the most important piece to trust the self and to listen to the heart, essentially listen to yourself and to know what feels right is not, you know, it's not a mistake. Right. Listening to your heart is not easy. A lot of people have difficulty with that. They don't trust their heart and they're more apt to look externally 
for answers or validation. And it's easier sometimes to do that than to listen to ourselves. I'm curious to know more about how you grew up feeling like you needed to be successful. You needed to do all those things that you just mentioned. And in in our earlier conversations, we've talked about you leaving corporate and really didn't even necessarily have a plan, but that you this kind of story in your head, you know what success is all about and what the good life is all about, but how you're you're dealing with it, the the risks and then having to rewrite the story in your head so that you could move forward. I'd love for you to share more about that. Yeah, it's a beautiful question. And it's not easy. <laughs> I don't want to put the the idea that that it's easy. I think it took a while. I will say that for me, you know, the seed had been planted it within me to say, you know, this isn't a good fit and you need to leave and do something different and you might not know what that is and are you willing to do it? And I would say that seed was probably planted a year earlier than when I actually took the leap and did it, you know, and it within me. So it took a lot of conversation and dialogue within myself and even just doing that and saying, I'm going to quit and leave and not know what's coming. I think that was a big element of it. If I, I feel like if I had had something set up, then it wouldn't have been seen as such a big risk. And I know that for myself, a lot of my vision of success and the way I define success was what other people thought, how they viewed me and, and along those lines of what I did. So that was a clear definition of my success was to be able to say, this is my title. This is what I do. And so when I didn't have that, it was almost this feeling of how do I converse with people? You know, that it, if you think about it, it's often the first or second question that people will ask you in conversation when they meet you. And so how do I respond to that? I think I definitely felt challenged with that for a long period of time of trying to figure out and navigate how I could articulate what I did in a way that felt authentic to me. And then, you know, wherever the pieces fell to be okay with that too. But that's a definite challenge that I've had to work through. I think when you talk about redefining success, the process that I walked myself through was really going into my core beliefs of what all things meant and my core system around meaning, how I defined meaning in my life and how I was using validation as a tool to feel something within myself. And all these things took time for me to break down and walk through and to figure out where I had these attachments into my family's beliefs that were really not my own, that I had taken over and believed to be true. And to start to uncover those and unpack those is not easy because it involves other people. So the relationships change and shift as I change and shift. And that's part of the process that I think can be most challenging because it's hard to change relationships and to feel a loss in some sense of what was. But that was part of my process and figuring out what success really means to me. And yes, it is important to figure out what success really means to each of us. Did you get resistance from others or big question marks like, why are you doing this? And how did you respond to that? I definitely got resistance as to like, what are you doing? Or, you know, like, are you confused or do you not know? 
And I think during the time when it was happening, I probably responded more from a sense of fear inside myself of just like taking the risk and being really bold in it. But inside, I think my, I know my dialogue was more scared, you know, operating from that place of scarcity and contraction and not really knowing. So outwardly, I was willing to be bold and take the risk, but inside I was ruminating with it for a long period of time, even after I did it, you know, years after I did it. Whereas I feel like I've brought myself into a place where I no longer have that inner dialogue. You know, it feels really clear and authentic to me of where I sit with myself and the realization that that ultimately is the most important and that what comes in that sense of people coming in and and sharing their belief systems and what they feel I should be doing or what the right path is, is, is one in which I can observe but not attach myself to and not turn my validation of myself based on what they are saying to me. What have you learned about yourself in this whole process that you now apply in your coaching? The most important element that I've learned for myself is patience. Patience and trust in timing. You know, timing for me has been a really big element of wanting things to happen at a certain time. And if they don't, then it means I haven't done X, Y, and Z. And so letting go of the timing and being open to what comes in and having that patience to accept it, to not contract that it's not happening sooner. And I think with patience also having hope, having hope and faith for my own process not doubting myself. You know, I, I work with a meditation teacher. I have been for a couple of years. And one of the, the things that he always brings up to me is around, you've planted the seed. Don't go in and dig it up before it even has a chance to grow. Gotta let the seeds germinate, right? Right. And I think of that often for myself because it's, you know, I, I've planted these seeds and oftentimes I'm going in and, and having this doubt and fear around like, well, why isn't happening? Why isn't happening sooner? Why aren't I getting more clients quicker? Why isn't, you know, people coming? And instead of allowing myself to, to really trust my own flow and to, to let things come when they need to come. And I see that because it happens after the fact, as we know, it's easier to to see yourself and your journey after you've walked yourself through it. So when I work with clients, I really highlight that too. I really think it's key for people to trust their own process and to have patience with themselves and their own unique action and steps because our world and our culture is built on this idea that oftentimes there's a formula and there's an approach. And if you don't get it, then there's something wrong with you. You know, it's built on making us feel like we're not enough, essentially all the things we can do to improve ourselves. And that disconnects us from our intuition and our heart, essentially, and the ability to trust our own process and to have patience with our own journey. And so if we can walk ourselves into that space of of really owning that for ourselves, then it becomes, I take things as they come in and I will get it when the time is right. I don't force it. I'm curious, was there a particular point in time where things really started to shift for you? Was it something internal that you can describe? Or was it just like flipping a switch? 
It's a great question because I've actually, you know, I've had, I've had mentors and teachers and, you know, friends and people that have, you know, have that aha moment, you know, like that big, that big reveal. And I think for me, if I'm honest, I was always very skeptical of that, you know, of like, why does it have to be this big thing? And what if I never have that big thing, then what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Like I, I came to that place of, well, I don't have that big thing. And then it put me more in that path of like, well, what, what is it? What is it? So I think for me, it has been a gradual process of making small steps towards, you know, keeping on the path and having the right support on the path to walk myself through things as they came up. And so I don't feel like I had this aha moment, but I've had small steps and small incremental things that have revealed to me, oh, this is showing me that I have made progress in this. You know, I am a little bit different. I don't have that feeling or that thought I had before, but the awareness within myself to recognize it and to celebrate it. That's one other thing that I've really highlighted for myself is to celebrate my progress as it is small and incremental and to know that I, it's always, you know, one more step to me. It's, there's no clear cut destination point I'm getting to. It's just a constant evolution within myself. And so I will say that I went through some really dark times too, for a long time. You know, I sat in darkness for a long time. So I don't know that that's everyone. And I'm not going to say that everyone has to do that. But for me, that was a substantial amount of time where I was in a very dark place of why me? Like, why aren't the things I want happening? Why isn't it happening sooner? This isn't fair. I don't deserve this. You know, it's not what I wanted. And if I have these hopes and dreams within me, why aren't they happening now? What does this mean? You know, and that's years, you know, of walking myself in that space and really being in it. And I think that is part of the journey is being in those dark spaces in a safe way that you feel like you can be safe, but allowing yourself to feel, to feel into that is really essential. Well, I think that's probably one of the most important things for us is to feel into what we're dealing with and just be with it because eventually we're going to transition out of it. Our state of mind or our state of being is going to shift and it's always going to shift. So it really is just going with the flow. And I love when you mentioned a few times about awareness and noticing how you are feeling, what you are thinking that is so crucial to us being in the the present moment and really being able to navigate our path and feeling confident and navigating that path because the present moment changes and how we feel from moment to moment can easily change. And it's just bringing ourselves back to each moment and being with it, being conscious. We can learn a lot from that. I would love for you to share a little bit more about some of the things that you do to help others. Yeah. And in particular, What is the most significant issue that you have come across with your clients that they have with money? What is the most significant issue that they have to deal with? I think the most significant issue is people's relationship to money, to understanding where it began and to understanding how they talk to themselves about money and how they talk to others. I think that's very revealing. Oh, I love that how people talk to themselves about money. 
we want to think about the logistical pieces, you know, like create a budget, invest, have savings, you know, the pieces that are, are equally as important. But I think in order to understand the root cause, we have to understand ourselves. Just like you said, it's self-awareness. So having a clear relationship to your finances is a piece of being self-aware because it's how you operate in the world. We're a capitalistic society. So to say like money isn't important or I don't care about money, you know, or it's just, I don't think about it. You're not being honest with yourself. It's okay to say that, but it's not honest with yourself. To get really honest in that relationship requires us to go a little bit deeper, to understand where our patterns and our belief systems came from, and to start to work through how we want to change those, how we want to have a different meaning associated with those. And it's going to take some time, but it's really important to at least be honest and to get really clear on what is there for you. And that's the number one thing with my clients when I start to work with them and we start to get into it, there's a lot entangled within that, you know, to understand and to navigate and to get into a position where they're at least aware of what's happening. When we have that awareness, as you just said, and you know, then we can choose differently in situations. You know, we can notice ourselves in conversations when we say, I can't afford that. And it's not really a true statement. Or we're always talking about how we don't have enough or we're busy trying to accumulate more when we don't really know where we're going. You know, there's all these ways in which we can use money as a way to just cover up these broken pieces that we don't want to actually visit. And so how do you help people sort of unpack their own story, which is saturated with all of these beliefs? these ancestral patterns or conditioning over time kind of just latched on to us. How do you help them unpack that and rewrite the story? It's a process, right? It's a process. And I think number one, everyone is different. So I don't have an approach where I think that everyone is going to receive in the same way and that everything is going to resonate with everyone. When I work with people, the most important thing for me is to to really understand the person that I'm working with, to understand who they are. And that involves understanding their story. So breaking down their story and then also understanding what resonates with them. What are they able to connect with? What is going to help them to move forward? Part of it is the intuition to understand people, you know, when you're working with someone to know they may not be ready for something. So I need to know when they're going to be ready to open that up and to possibly plant the seed to move them further along. For me, coaching is, you know, it's a catalyst for someone to understand that they are empowering themselves. You know, it's never about me being the one for them to go to. It's them understanding within themselves that they have that power and they always will. And no one else is going to have an answer more than they are going to have for themselves. And I really believe that fully and completely in myself. And it's something that I really, really try to stress with people because, again, our world is built on this idea that someone else has the answer. And there's so many people that are out there giving away that idea that they are better than, you know, and they have some answer for you. And ultimately, it disempowers you. You know, it allows you to give your power away to someone else 
and to not understand that you have that within yourself. I know. I think it's interesting how a lot of people will rely on a financial advisor for everything without really taking the time to study or even explore what those advisors are really doing for them. What do you say to someone today in order to just like, you know, take on the accountability for their finances and to get to know what are the steps to get into alignment with what's important to them? to be able to take accountability themselves, even though they might utilize a financial advisor for a variety of things, but you still have to be accountable to yourself. Yes, I 100% agree with you. And it's a great question because I think those resources are extremely beneficial. That's why people are experts in that field. Um, I think for steps that people can start to think about and contemplate for themselves is number one to be really clear and concise with yourself and honest about your current financial situation. So to not have anything in the closet, to not be hiding or avoiding in any way. So that includes how you spend your money, where you spend your money, how much debt you've accumulated, you know, what your current situation is, be really clear and honest. And if you need to write it down or whatever method helps you to have that clarity and to know for yourself, that would be the first step is to really have that, that entire viewpoint for yourself. And the second step is to then ask yourself, where do I want to be financially? What are my intentions? What monetary amount am I looking to maybe have and why? What things do I value? So what do I need money for? And to be really clear on that, that's the second step. Because then when you move into that space of reaching out to other people, you know, as a third step of going somewhere, you are very clear within you. So if someone gives you information, you're going to know, does this align with me? Because they're going to give you whatever they want to give you. And part of it with a financial advisor is based on if they're getting commissions off it. So just be mindful of that. There is, they have some buy-in in that financially. That's something to just be mindful of. But if you're really clear, you have the ability to say no. When we're not clear on those two steps, we run the risk of being persuaded by someone else in their method and their way because we haven't come into alignment with ourselves. We, we don't know. And we're also probably going to not disclose all information, especially information that, is, that we don't feel proud of right? That we, we, you know, oh, I have this step and I'm just, you know, I don't really want to talk about that, right? Or I have this thing that I haven't taken care of, right? Or all these things. So I think that that is a great way to just be really clear with you so that when you go to get resources, when you go to outsource, you know the truth and you can come back to it. Wonderful. I'd love to just recap a little bit about what you said. There are really two steps that are most important or crucial. And the first is to be absolutely clear and concise of your current situation. Right. And take a detailed view of everything. And then the second step would be to ask yourself what's most important for you. Where do you want to be? What are your intentions basically in terms of where you want to be financially and why? The why seems to be very important getting back to what you value, which will help guide you in determining 
what you need to do, what situation you're in. And I think a lot of us, we think we might need more than we actually do. So what do we absolutely need? Absolutely. That is a huge piece. You know, a lot of this idea that we need more, so we'll be more busy in an effort to get more, to then spend more on things we don't need. So we're just in a cycle of constant running and running and running. One other step to go back to that too, that I would add is understanding your accountability patterns. What works for you to stay accountable? And that is crucial when I work with clients. I always make sure that they have a method and a system in place so that they're able to keep accountability with themselves. And that's going to be different for everyone's. That forces you to be honest with yourself too, because you can say, you know, we all have things that we say we're going to do and we have the intention of doing it and we don't do it. So what is going to cause you to really stay accountable to yourself? And if it needs to be another person or a system, then you have to be sure to have that in place because otherwise you'll just continue to be back where you are. And we know that. Yes. Accountability is so important. And I'm curious also to know about the course that you have developed or are developing around a spiritual money mindset. What is that? Tell us a little bit more about that because I love the, the name of that spiritual money mindset. Yeah, I have a self-paced course called Developing a Spiritual Money Mindset. And it's related to what we've been talking about, you know, understanding your belief systems and also moving yourself into a place where you, you can have that trust in the practice of giving and receiving, because that is part of the flow of what we energetically know to be true. You know, when we can be open to, to give and to receive and to come into balance with ourselves, it requires us to have clear action and to know what we desire in the sense of what we just talked about, like knowing how much money that I think that I need for myself. What is that? You know, so when I've have that, then where can I allow myself to give to others? Where can I then ask myself how I can receive? Because so much of that process is gets very contracted around wanting to hoard and keep more or being afraid that we don't have enough. So it's opening up those channels. So I walk through some of the practices around the belief systems, around walking through, you know, how you are talking to yourself, your dialogue, and then shifting that for yourself and taking actionable steps, which we've talked about to move yourself forward. Because there isn't just, you know, I don't just manifest and it happens. I don't personally believe in that. You know, I think that there's, there, you have to have action in some way, you know, and so it's not just all hypothetical. So it requires that combination of both. But instead of, you know, looking at money, because I think when we, in the spiritual community, there is this tendency to have negative connotation towards money and to look at it from like the capitalistic patriarchal, you know, the structure is broken, everything, you know, I, I shouldn't, I, I don't want to buy into it, but you're in the world and you're participating and we have to, money is a currency. So instead of bypassing it or thinking, you know what I mean? I'm just not going to put myself in those situations. It's how can you reframe it for yourself and still have that element of spirituality that is important to you, intuition, connection to self, and have a healthy relationship to your money. 
Wow. I love that, how you say, you know, reframe it for yourself and you still have that element of spirituality that's important to you and that intuitive connection. That's beautiful. I would love for you to share what the rules of money are. It would be good to just kind of zero in on a few of these rules. Yeah, thank you. And on my website, if you're interested and you're wondering, you know, what is my relationship? Where am I in this spectrum? I do have a free quiz, which gives you insight into where you may be in relationship to what we're talking about today, you know, in relationship to holistically everything that, you know, your thoughts, your patterns. So that correlates, you know, right into where I came up with that phrasing around the rules of money. Specifically to that, you know, the number one rule is in the, the self-awareness, you know, having the self-awareness to know the self and then to uncover the relationship with you around money. That's the number one rule is to be self-aware and to uncover that relationship for yourself. Like, where am I? What is it that I've acquired and where do I want to be? And the second rule, which we've talked about a little bit, but is to, with that awareness, be really honest with yourself and to be able to articulate honestly your current situation. To say, like, I go into my bank account all the time. I know what's there. I know where I stand. I know exactly what's going on. There's nothing hidden, nothing behind the curtain that I'm trying to, to hide or to, to not talk about with people. And the third rule of that is to be able to openly and authentically talk about money in a way that feels supportive to you and to, to be able to live your life on your terms. You know, that could be a fourth rule too, but I, I think I put it into three too, but to be, to be able to feel empowered enough to make decisions and to be around people and to not feel like you have to justify where your money is going or how you spend it or how much you have, but to really feel that within yourself that you have this solid relationship with money, just like you have with you know, your heart with the way that you love yourself, the way that you choose yourself. And so nothing can break that within you. Oh, really, really good points, particularly the self-awareness and being open and honest with yourself to live your life on your terms and knowing what those terms basically are and how you want to live your life and what's important. Anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap things up with respect to advice to others or some examples, success stories with clients? Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. One thing that I do just want to, to highlight is that to allow people to find their own way into to their own financial journey, I think there is a lot of negative connotation around it and to not be afraid to really explore it for yourself and to know when you're maybe playing games with yourself, you know, to maybe to when you start to look at your patterns to really understand how long you've been in this pattern and the reflection of the relationships around you and how those are also maybe enhancing this pattern, allowing it to be okay for you because you've just accepted it and be willing to to just take your time and uncover what it is that, you know, may be holding you back and to seek out resources as you need is what I would say. I think that it's important to be patient with yourself in this process, but also to be, to be really honest. A lot of the times when, when clients 
come into me, you know, there is sometimes they, they want to be honest. And like, as things progress, you know, there is a, there is a softer opening, but it's, I think finances are one of those things where we have this, you know, we don't talk about it type words around it, especially I think with women. And so it just has become this thing that we can ignore, you know, and we can pretend to overlook it. And so what I've learned from my clients and the work that I'm doing is when you really get a grasp on this, it's very empowering because you have that for yourself and that doesn't go away. No one else can take that away from you. So being able to navigate yourself financially in the world and choose what's important to you is a lifelong skill that everyone can choose into and and to make that decision for themselves if they want to have that. And so I just believe, you know, fully that it's like the golden ticket for people to free themselves from these places where they've, you know, they've felt this sort of like they, they can't figure it out. You know, I think everyone can figure it out in their own way. And so just be patient with yourself and, and find the way that works for you. Patience is so important. That's very insightful. I think it's probably one of the number one things that we can do is have patience uh, in addition to being honest with ourselves. Absolutely. And I imagine, you know, sometimes people have blind spots. Do you run across that? Yeah. And how do you help them? It's, it's, an, it's a true statement. You know, people do, everyone has blind spots. And I think for me, the approach has always been one to lead with compassion, you know, to meet people where they're at. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's understanding intuitively if people are ready. You can see someone's blind spot and they may not be ready to walk into that. And so walking into it could actually be unsafe and detrimental to their process because they're not ready. So it's understanding and trusting when the right timing is to walk into that with someone. And just because someone can't see their blind spot doesn't mean they're not able to move themselves slowly into their own process. Things take time. We know that. So someone may not see it when working with me. And I've had this happen years later, you know, a year later, they're like, oh, you know what? I actually understand what you were saying, you know, a year ago. It's okay. You know, that's okay. Because again, patience in that everyone's process is their own. So just because that may be easy for me to identify and see and move through, there are other things in my life that are not, that I'm in that place of slowly walking myself through my process. So that's really important, you know, to meet people exactly where they're at. And it's not about trying to get a quick fix, you know, and to, and to force the way in. It's for them to understand and see it for themselves when they're ready, because that we know that's going to be the most effective way for them to have real transformation that lasts. It's so true. You need to meet people where they're at and take it one step at a time as well as to get to where they need to be. Yeah, I'd also love for you to share how people can find out more about you. Yeah. I know that you've got some free resources that you're offering as well. You mentioned uh, a quiz. So share a little bit more about where people can reach you and what resources you have. Yeah, thank you. So yes, they can go to my website, amandasterney.com. You can get access to the free quiz that's on there. There's also a free e-guide that you can, you can access and download for yourself. There is a a free community to join, the Untapped Power community, which is part of the podcast. And you can subscribe to that and get access to some of our, we used to do live calls. So there's recorded calls on there. There's also some modules that you can take advantage of, all free resources. There's an immense amount of, of free content that I have through my podcast 
that you can access. And then if you're interested in, in possibly working together, I do offer a 30-minute free connection call just to understand what your biggest money block is. And we can walk through that and see if the process, you know, would be a good fit for you. And we're and in either way, you know, give you some some clarity to move yourself forward. And that you can access on the website as well. Yeah, or listen to the podcast and you can find me on, on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, great. And I know that your website is Amanda Stroney, and we'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes, amandastroney.com, along with the links to your free 30-minute consultation, the quiz. And I think you also have a self-paced course that we'll put a link in there as well. Yes. And a link to the podcast. And what's the name of your podcast? Yes, the podcast is called Untapped Power. Right. Untapped power. Yeah. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's been such a wonderful opportunity and you've been so gracious with sharing your knowledge and your expertise and your story. Thank you, Carol. It's been a privilege to get to know you too. I've loved our conversations and just learning about who you are. And I just love what you're doing with your show and having listened to some of the episodes and and how you're creating this community for people to, to expand through the heart. So thank you for that. Thank you again, Amanda, for being a part of this show. And I want to thank you out there, Heart-Centered Soul, you that come every time to listen to an episode. I just want to thank you for being a part of this journey. Keep your heart rising up each and every day. Bye for now. We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.